Welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast, folks. My name is Melford Bibbins, and today I'm joined by Stacey Ziegler, and I'm so excited. Stacey and I literally just spent a half an hour before we hit the go button getting to know each other, and we have so much to talk about on this show today because, you know, oftentimes, you know, it's like we've always got master distributors or executives, and, and we go really deep into, you know, techniques, strategies, things you can do. Stacy has been a very high-level computer programmer and has worked the math out for this industry. And that's something I want to talk about today, because a lot of times this is what's neglected. The real nuts and bolts of the industry are what allow you to set goals, move your team forward, keep a strategy in place, allow you to get through hard times. A lot of times it comes down to the numbers, and this is what most people ignore. So I am so excited to talk to Stacy about that. So first and foremost, Stacy, thanks so much for being on today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you all for having me. Uh, this is great. So hey, do me a favor. I, I got to ask, I, this is such a funny question. Usually what actually got you into this industry in the first place? What, what made you go, you know what? Network marketing. Okay. So, you know, I'm the typical story of like a friend that you knew a long time ago made a post and she made a post about starting something new and uh, pre-launch. And she reached out to me because we were photographers like five years ago, like together. And so I started with that. And then when I, honestly, I just got it just to be gifts and stuff for family. Like I wasn't going to sell, but then when the company actually launched and I saw that I had over a hundred people on my team, I was like, Whoa, this could be something. This is unique. Let me uh, let me take it as a business. Like, let me put my business hat on, not my, Hey, I just want to have cute, fun stuff and run with it. And so that's what I did. I said, okay, I gave myself a restriction of, I'm not going to tell any friends, no family, no one. And I am just going to market and use my business sense and see how I can build this without talking to anyone I knew. Speak my language, lady. <laughs> I love it. Hey, so Stace, do me a favor and let's talk about, you know, because of your corporate background, because of your analytical mind, you know, computer programmer, coder, the whole nine yards, something that we rarely talk about on the show. And I, and I, I wish we talked about it more often, but we just never get to the point. But you and I had an awesome conversation about it. Can you help somebody that's looking for a new company? You know, it's whether they're, you know, whether they're discouraged with their company. I'm not saying you're looking for a new company, but, you know, if, if somebody's discouraged with where they are, or if they literally just have not gotten a chance to pick the right company yet, I know that you and I had a really cool conversation about your, your analytical process for doing this. Can you walk somebody through what is the best way for somebody to find a new internet, um, internet a new network marketing company to join? Well, you know, I'm the numbers gal. So one of the first things I do is um, work through with a spreadsheet that actually compares apples to apples mm. and we'll go in and say, okay, with $25,000 in sales or $50,000 in sales, what does the compensation plan look like mm. on each company? Like if I have five leaders at this level, what will it look like? Mm -hmm. So I do run those kind of numbers for myself. And I know that's probably a little bit more than so, but the other thing I do is check out the vibe, meet with, you know, meet with the owner, see it, how you feel about them on a personal human level, because they are what is ethically driving the company. And you want to make sure they, it balances with what your viewpoints are in the world. So 
meet with the owner, meet with also like, if I'm looking, I'm going to events, I'm going, I'm going to go to one of their events and see, do I vibe with everyone there? It, when I go, I mean, network marketing is great. It is a true cross section of what our country is like our, our world is, it is a true cross section. And with that, you want to make sure that you feel like, Hey, this cross section of people, there's always going to be people that you love and always people that maybe you don't love so much, but do you vibe? Can you be in a working relationship with everyone? Because you are going to want to collaborate with these people. Eventually you are going to want to work together. You are not competitors. You are working together to build your individual companies. So that's, that's how I look at it. Do you lean towards any specific kind of commission structure? Because I know there's there's binary, there's unilevel, there's weird hybrid stuff. And, and again, purely coming from a number standpoint, not how it correlates to the company, but like from a pure number standpoint, do any of these stand out more in your mind? Or do you think any company can um, make any pay plan work, if you will? I, I almost said the word manipulate, but that was the wrong word. I think when you know your company's compensation plan and how it works, you can make anyone work for you. Like, so you can, because guess what? If you, you need to sell, like it binary means absolutely nothing. If you're not selling the same amount of mm-hmm. what the product is over there. So you have to love, I mean, that should be a standard that you love the product, that you can use it, that you can speak to it from your heart. Because if you don't speak to it from your gut, no matter if you're talking to another business to do B&B recruiting or to talk to a, a consumer to have them become an individual uh, member on your team. Either way, if you don't speak from your heart, people are going to smell it. It's going to be like, you know, bees and dogs smelling fear. It's not going to be a good situation. So you have, I mean, I guess I should start with that. That should be your baseline. Like that should be like, you know, no, no, that's the no brainer portion. The Mm -hmm. other parts are just, added layers so that you find the home that you love forever. But I think any compensation plan, if you can work with, but you just need to know like how to get to the sweet spot, like Mm -hmm. in binary, like, okay, so I know the company's going to build, this is the lake where the overflow is going to fall. So I need to build over here, but I have a strong leader that I want to talk to. So I know that I'm going to place them on the company overflow legs so yeah. that I can help them out, even though they're, it may not be, yes, you might think, Oh, I want them to be over here so that I can, they can build this leg super strong. But sometimes you gotta, you know, you give them something, you give them the same benefit you have kind right. of. So there's, there's strategies to any kind of compensation plan. Mm-hmm. It, there's strategies to structure, there's strategies to even like companies that I see a lot now that are like, it's no structure, it's just volume. There's still strategies on how to build that too. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. I, I love that. And, you know, it's, I wanted to ask you that because I know that's, you know, you've gone through a lot of challenges. You've had, you know, we're going to, we'll talk about the health issues that are going on, but, but what I really, you know, it's, you decided very distinctly that you wanted to build a company 
in a real B2B fashion. And obviously, I mean, you, you, you put the ball on the tee for me because obviously that's the seven-figure network and that's what we teach is enrolling businesses instead of individuals because you get access to, to, to all their customers. You did that. So I love the fact that you and I get to talk about the B2B building strategy. Is, is that the entirety of had you built? Like, did you build everything through B2B or did you do some through network marketing? I did, or- I did a real hybrid. Yeah, I, did sure, a, I did quite a bit of events mm-hmm. because the, our product, the product that I had at the time was it immediate, like you would notice something. So events worked well for this product. Yeah, brilliant. And then I did, I did salons. Um, I did, I also did networking groups. Mm. I went into networking groups. This, like how I went into networking groups where you go in two minutes and say, hi, I'm Stacy. I do this. If you want to learn more about it and want to talk about it, uh, come chat with the author. If you know anybody that would be interested in this product, mm. let me know. And I actually like built almost outside of events, which did some recruiting and did some immediate sales for the moment. Mm -hmm. I built my return clients, my repeating clients from these networking groups, because you have 30 people in the room that you're meeting that are all from different walks of life. All you have your realtor, you have your chiropractor, your dentist, your this, and if it's a product that works for them, they're still going to want your product, even though they have their own business. They may not, they might not be the ones that sell, like the chiropractor. This might not be the ones if it doesn't align with what their business is. Um, but the salon may be. Mm-hmm. So mine was like more salon. So the salon, you know, we trained the salon lady. So I got one person for on that piece. But what I got was all of these ladies and all of their friends. Because network marketing is all about circles. You have your circle and your circle intersects with someone else's circle. You need to build lots of circles so that you can meet more people. It is all about creating circles is what I used to train my team on. So networking event, are you saying like a BNI? Are you saying a chamber of commerce? Like, can, can you give a couple examples? Of oh, yeah, I did BNI. I went out and searched on meetup for women's networking groups, mm-hmm. chamber of commerce. Mm-hmm. I would hit up all of them what before before um 2020 i was in three different network marketing groups and going out and meeting people after that i stayed with the one that was the most successful for me which was a woman's network marketing we did zoom ones and that those ones were the ladies i connected with the most and so i just kind of parted it down that's great because it's so many people concentrate on, you know, Facebook groups and that sort of thing. And they kind of get mired there and they don't realize that these groups of business owners can be so, so productive, if you will, if you just present the right message. And they know what it's like to build a business. So Thanks. they want to help you out. They've been there. They've been there. They've built a business. So they're like, if you have something that works for them. And works for people they know. They're like, oh, you know, my friend Janice over here, she needs this and and let me connect you with it. And they give you a little slip of paper that says, here's Janice's email. I'm going to tell her that you're going to call her. I mean, it's like leads just here. (laughs) Let's have fun. I mean, 
I love it. So, so that's a masterful way to build. Now let's flip the coin. Let's talk about retention. Cause you said, you know, the product you were selling is very easy to use a, a demo. You know, you can, you can really see a result instantaneously. How about retention? How about once the, once the glitz and glamor wears off, if you will, that first meeting, what were you doing to retain folks? Were you building groups or like, what? I don't, I don't even want to put words in your mouth. What was your retention strategy for these folks, the professional folks? Cause again, we're talking about business owners. We're talking about B2B stuff. So a very different paradigm than and your friends and family home party model. Yes. So what I did was if everyone that hits what we called qualified, Mm -hmm. okay, I sent them a month's worth of social marketing material. Mm. I mean, I did the trainings. I did the trainings going into the group, but they got four weeks of social marketing trainings. Uh, We had, we did we did, uh, especially through, did a lot of online little parties. And mm-hmm. so they had all the graphics built out for them. So the, all they had to do was add, and I said, add your name to it. I researched on like, okay, they add their name. Some people are like, oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want my, no, you want them to add the name because then the algorithm doesn't see it as the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so add your name. Here's the spot to do it. Here's a training on how to do it if you don't know how. And go and have fun. Mm-hmm. These are, and I got a lot of people are like, how do you make sure that only, only the people that earn them use them? What I did was I empowered them to know that I was trusting them, that they earn this, they, for them. So they should be treated with the respect that I'm treating them, mm-hmm. not checking on people, but just, just, just treat I'm giving you the respect to know that you're getting this because you've earned it. Mm-hmm. Give me the respect and not give it out to the world and go post it on the boards for mm-hmm. everyone to use. And once they got through that first month, were you teaching them how to produce their own content? What What was the next step? I, I gave them, I continuously gave that to everyone that made the minimum, what they qualified amount. They always got it month after month. Now I changed out what some things were. One time I did... Uh, 25 different posts to put on social media. Mm-hmm. One time I did blank graphics that they could add stuff to. Mm-hmm. So I switched things out, but um, I kept it every single month. They did that. They earned. Gotcha. They earned. And how about customers? So those were for the folks that were built, the quote unquote builders. They saw some success, started moving towards building company. How about just straight customers? Did you have groups for them or what, what was the, I mean, I'm sure the company had their stuff as well, but I know you're super smart. So I'm sure you had some insane way of uh, retaining people. Um, I used email marketing. Like a lot of people did VIP groups and I will be the first to say that I was not the best at VIP groups because I personally do not want to be like, I treat it like a business and I'm on the social media. I go in and I go out. Mm-hmm. Same thing with my emails. I go in and I go out yep. because I do this business so that I can have a life. Right. So I, I work to live, mm-hmm. not live to work. So I was, so I, I can't speak to that. Like a lot of people did this, but I would, I send out monthly messages to my customers. I send thank you cards. Mm -hmm. I keep it personal. Do I have a VIP group? Yes. Do I post in there that I am the worst VIP group leader in the, in the VIP group? Yes. I totally own it. 
I'm not making any qualms about it. It is just, you don't have to be 800 posts online a day in order to get this. The other thing is I post on my personal page publicly. I have like some rules like that. And I feel like that reaches my customers too. Like they, they don't need to go into a special group. They just, they can go and see publicly what I'm sharing with everyone. Like, and I mean, I have rules that like, my husband doesn't really like to be online. He doesn't have a Facebook. I know, like, just let that stick. The man does not have Facebook. He doesn't, he basically is like, Ooh, I have a follower on Twitter. And like, <laughs> that is it. He He's like, I have 18 followers. Does this mean 1800? Like he's like a total dork that way. And so he, he doesn't want to be online. So guess what? I don't really post about him much online. Yeah. My kids, my kids do not have names online. They have initials. Mm-hmm. So there's certain safety precautions that I take. Yeah. But I keep, so, but I don't want to also have, if someone wants to find me, I don't think they need to go into all these little groups and go down this rabbit hole to find me to purchase something. Yeah. You can just find my face and find and message me straight on Facebook and mm-hmm. we're good. I, I love the fact that you talked about internet safety and you know you have a very specific way of posting because, and there's a reason why I'm giving this preamble, because when you went through your cancer treatment, you really shared it. You let people know what was, so, so you, it, it's, again, it's almost funny to me, like the dichotomy of, you know, sealing off part of your life that you don't want to expose to the world, yet exposing the most raw nerve possible, you know, suffering, fighting for your life, recovery, you know, do, being a superhero, the whole deal. Like, how do you think that contributed to, and again, I'm not trying to say monetizing your disease, obviously, but how do you think being that open, that, that raw with folks, how did that impact your build? Basically, the trust is there. Mm. So I started posting, honestly, because I had a team of like 10,000 people. And I was I didn't have the energy to answer all the questions Mm. like the inbox was so much. And so it started with I'm just going to post this online because I, I also took a little step back like, hey. I'm going through, you know, doctor visit, doctor visit. I can't get into all the standard trainings that we had. Like, you know, we had a systems, like I didn't have time to get on there. I, I, I was, you know, gone every day. Mm-hmm. And so I started to do that. So people didn't know, like, why does Stacy fall off the face of the earth? And so, but in doing that, uh, for example, there was a lady I met on a plane that going to our conference, she got diagnosed the month after I did. And she read my thing. She's like, I, you know, I'm not talking about online, but I have to tell you that reading your bravery, reading your story through this is really helping me come to terms with this. And it's funny because when I found out that I had, I sat in the doctor's office. Okay. And they, she comes over, she's like, Stacey, I have to tell you, you know, you have cancer. And I said, Darcy, I know. Thank you. And she's like, you said, thank you. I said, yes, because this is the best news that I could ever get. It's finding out I have it now and being able to take care of it Mm. versus spending the next five years and finding out later (laughs) and where it's too late. Yeah. So, so I really like took a different like mindset 
mindset mm-hmm. shift with that. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to let it. I did a lot of mindset work mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout all of this because I mean, some things you don't know is the week before I started chemo, I lost one of my best friends to cancer. Oh. She was 42 years old. And the chemo that I did actually killed my father because they didn't know that he grew up with parents that smoked and it ruined his lungs. And so I'm starting this and, you know, universe, God, whatever word you want to use mm-hmm. will give you things to tell you that you're going to be okay. And, you know, my husband's like, he laughs at me for science. I totally get like people, some people don't get this and that's, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. But I see, I see the way a butterfly flies across in front of me as the sign that things are going to be brighter. I see, you know, I see the universe giving me these gifts. And I sat there at my first chemo session and the nurse that's giving me my chemo in my port has the same name as my friend. Oh, wow. The same name. And I was just, I, I mean, I like cry, I'm bawling. And, but I just felt that the universe got put that together to say, Hey, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know, I always had that mindset going through and yeah, I got real and raw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I always try to be an open book kind of person. Like that's kind of like, that's just my personality. That's who I am. And so I took that into there. And when I had so many people, I mean, I had quite a few people come like at least a couple dozen, like, and that's, I'm like, I'm no, but like, why am I having that come to me privately and said, Hey, I had this, you made a difference here. This helped me with this. Maybe it wasn't with cancer, but, but the bravery and the resilience they felt in their own life, because everyone needs to be brave and resilient. No matter, everyone has different battles. It's just, this one was mine. Like it relates to everyone. Yeah. No, that's so, I'm so glad we talked. When I had that, that kept me going with these. When people said this helped me, I was like, if I, if I could help one person, it makes my story worth it. Yep. Yep. That's so great. And now I want to talk about the fact that this resilience of yours and your big science brain made you open up a SaaS company. And anybody who doesn't know, uh, SaaS means software as a service. Sorry, I should have said that. I want you to talk about Yimmy because you have now undertaken a way to help the entire industry. And you know how much I love that. It's You and I talked about this before, that I love interviewing folks that don't just keep things to their team, don't just keep things to themselves. They actually roll out to the entire industry. So do me a favor and tell me about the Yimmy app, please. Okay, so do you want me to like tell how it started? Oh, let's, I, I'm dying to hear the story because again, it's, it means so much to me when somebody breaks beyond just their team and is willing to share genius with the rest of the industry. And that's what you're doing. So I, I'd love to hear the story, please. Okay. So I wrote a calculation and it was honestly, it was a calculation used to help my team and my other leaders to mm-hmm. kind of figure out our goals, like how much volume we need to make money that we wanted. So I wrote that calculation. Then I also used some simple strategic planning calculations for monthly volumes. Mm -hmm. I took those two together and I presented them to the leaders that were at my company at the time. And Mm -hmm. there was about 3,200 people in the room, you know, so a few thousand. And these are all 
um, women and men who have basically they're making money with the company. They're le- they're leaders. They so they actually like make money and don't just sell for themselves. They all have teams. So they you know they're t- treating it like a business. Mm-hmm. And I and that's relevant for where I'm going. So I go and I present this thing and they had me present it. No joke. I was the first one up at 8 a.m. <laughs> so these poor people Thanks. didn't have their coffee and I'm hitting them with math. <laughs> I mean, poor folks. And But what I noticed in it from the feedback afterwards, there was two very different. It was, it was polarizing the two responses. Mm-hmm. One was, wow, I've never been trained like this. This is amazing. I'm totally going to do this. The second one was, I can't do math. <laughs> I can't do this. This is great, but there's no way I could do this. No. So, and <laughs> one of the people that was in this camp was like the number one leader at the company. Wow. Like she was one of the very, very top leaders. And she's like, hey, can I just pay you to do it for me? I was like, no, I'm, I, you're not going to pay. I, I, I'll do something, but you're not going to pay me. But let me ask you this. If I put it in like a little like mortgage calculator type thing where you just put the numbers in and it comes back and tells you, do you think that'd be valuable? And she's like, that'd be brilliant. And I was like, hmm, I think we're onto something. Because if there's two thirds of women that are and men that are leading company people and companies and doing this and they feel like they can't do math. I want to empower them to know their numbers so that they can, so they can take that next step in their business. Mm -hmm. So the numbers of what it takes to, so what the app does is the first calculation is you put, you have your volume, you have your group volume, and then you, and you have how much you get, how much you make Mm -hmm. from your team. And then you say how much you want to make. Mm -hmm. And the app will go, According to how you're being paid now, you need to pull in X volume in order to make that money, approximately this much. And people say, oh, well, how's it built? Here's, 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 here's the thing about building and all this. Generally, okay, statistically, you will build at the same level, like your level two will they'll build at the same percentages across the board. Now you might get in a rock star and it might mess up your, no. your game multiplier. Totally. I, 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 for, I say, yes, you get a rock star that pulls in 300 people on this level. You're going to want to rerun your numbers, mm-hmm. but for organic growth percentage wise, it will build along the same levels equally. Mm-hmm. So you're able to mm-hmm. compare mm-hmm. months and, and forecast out that way. Mm-hmm. The other, like another calculation it does is you put in your, your team numbers, you put in qualifying amount, you put in what your volume is and it'll come back and say, and you put in your, um, what, what volume you want, you need that, that YIM calculator just told you, mm-hmm. and it'll come back and say, okay, according to this at a qualifying amount, you're going to need to put 10 people in your team mm-hmm. at your average sales amount you're actually going to need to put it in 28. So then that tells you, okay, I need to work on getting more people to be qualifiers. So how do I get more people qualifiers? Second thing is I need to find 10 people. I need to find 10 people across my team. How do we have a promotion to 
to build our team across to get 10 new members into our organization. It's, it gives you those goals. Yeah, it's it's so great because it, it almost tends to alleviate the last week of the month panic and the first month week of the month dream ridiculousness. It's like as a leader, and, and again, you know, having grown big teams and the whole deal, you always know that last of the month is just scramble. How am I going to get it? My numbers, panic, panic, panic. Everybody's up until, you know, 1201 at night, just horrible. And then that's done and you hit your rank and everybody celebrates for a couple of days. And they're like, oh my God, we have to plan this so we don't have to do it again next month. Like it's always that same thing. We we don't, we, you know, the last month, we don't want to ever have this panic week again. So we're going to have the best first week and plan everything out. And then it never seems to happen properly. So it almost feels like that alleviates those two weeks of just well, ridiculous. Well, that's not even, that's what the third calculator does. (laughs) So the third calculator has uh, an option where you can, you can put in all your past volumes by day. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it has it where you can put it individually with your days as you go. But because, you know, you probably want to put in your past few years to compare if you have them. And in fact, that's one thing I have is I have a, a, there's a template for that in there and a training on all that. But you, you put this up. And then you have, uh, say, for example, September 10th, I put in September 10th, we've had volume of 25,000. September, I want to compare that to September last year. Mm -hmm. And it'll say, you put it in there, you say compare two months, and then you put in September last year, and then you click on the 10th of the other, of the day from last year, has a little blue thing that says compare months here, you click there. And it comes up with a pop-up that says, okay, according to September 2021, your volume with the sales trending the same, your volume will be X at -hmm. the end of the month. So you can tell from day one, two, three, you can click that and compare it to July. You can compare Mm -hmm. it to November. Any month that you want that you have the data put in there, you can click and compare and it'll forecast out what your volume will be by the end of the month on sales trends that you've had previously. Love it, love it, love it. So new folks are going to need a little education to be excited about it. People who have been in this game for more than three days are going to be fired up to know that it's no more, you know, napkin sketches, panic phone calls. There's actually a path to follow because that's always the missing component. Where's the actual path to follow to get these numbers? So that is awesome. Thanks, Stacey. I appreciate you talking. Oh, uh, and I know it's still in beta. I know we're really just barely getting lunch, but how can people find Yimmy? So there's vip.yimmyapp.com and that has a sign-up sheet. So basically that is where the the pre to go. And it's also, if you're on my Facebook, um, I have a pin post with it right there. If you forget it here, just go find me on Facebook and it's the pin post very first. And so that everyone that signs up on that, we're giving uh, pre-launch pricing. So it'll be a discount pricing for you. And then, uh, so just basically we're getting people in there just so that we can tell you right when it goes to launch. When it's through the beta, which it is so, so close. We are like at the part where we're like, oh, we need to change this color so we could read it a little bit better. Right. I mean, that's basically where we're at right now. So, and we're going to be launching it and it's going to be, I, I, I'm super excited. I have the training videos. And so those are going to be going, there's a, 
Facebook group where I'm creating and I'm putting the training videos in there so that people can see the actual screen on what happens with my voiceover that says, this, this volume is for this, this is for pull this in here. So you know what is basically happening on the screen and where to put the information. So you can, it becomes valuable for you, you yeah. know, that means nothing if you don't know what to do with it. So oh, every number so counts. there's a group with all the training videos for that too. Beautiful. Uh, remind us again, how do folks reach out to you? Cause I want, I, mean, I want folks to be able to reach out. So uh, what's the place, place to go? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, you tell me how can folks reach you? Facebook is probably the best place. I do have Instagram. Um, so I'm over there, but honestly, I don't post as much. You can find me at it. There's a gimme app on Instagram. And then there's uh, mine, Fab Stacy Z, Fab FAB underscore Stacy Z. And that's basically because Stacy Z was taken. <laughs> so, you know, and life's fabulous. So there we go. So, you know, like, like just own it, right? So you can find me there or find me over on Facebook. Beautiful. What would you do? This is a question I always love to ask smart people. If you had to restart today, so you got no list, you, you can still keep your business acumen. You're, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business person. You really got this stuff figured out. But today is your very, like you just got your kit. Your, your credit card is still warm from swiping it to get your first kit ever. If you had to restart this business today, what are the one, two, or three tips you'd give somebody to get started? I do reels or TikTok. I open it up. I'd also go face. I would actually, <laughs> I would do YouTube. I would be doing YouTube. Um, YouTube shorts, I think is going to be coming up to be the big thing. If your product is something really good, that's searchable, mm -hmm. like um, people search, I would do Pinterest. And because Pinterest is like a search engine that lasts forever. Mm -hmm. I know that's, like, and you can put, so Pinterest is used by 80% of the women use Pinterest in from age 25 up to 46, 80% of the, and it's the second most common search engine out there after Google. So I would actually put stuff out on Pinterest that would point back to my reels or this. Now, granted, is that going to be where your big traffic is? No, but you want to set that up because that is the longevity traffic Gotcha. And people searching later, they don't need to see just your reel right now. They can search you later. So that's the stuff that like, Hey, I get sick and I don't want to be making reels every day. Mm -hmm. It's something that search just already, you set that baseline up. You want to set things up that you have a baseline that if something happens, you have your business still running mm. with you not having to be on 24 seven. Yeah. Because we all work to live, not live to work, right? Amen. Amen. All right. I got to ask, what is your six-month goal? My six-month goal? Yep. My six-month goal is to have 50,000 users on my app. Love it. Beautiful. That's an awesome. And there's a free version too. So like, you know, for the simple calculations, for someone that's starting out, there's a free version. Mm -hmm. there's ad, there's ads on there to help fund the free version obviously yeah. basically the only time there's a subscription is when we are holding your data mm -hmm. by holding it we don't use it for anything but holding your numbers in our database which i, I don't even go into look at like it's not like a go, but we hold your numbers there so that mm -hmm. you can go back and look at them yeah yeah that is the only time that we ever take a subscription Got Other it. than that, 
you can do all the things. But when we hold your numbers, um, it's for the subscription for the database. Now, I'm so glad you said that because a lot of folks don't realize that, you know, storage costs. And that's really the only thing you're, you're paying. That's, that's the only thing you're asking people to do is just pay you back for storage fees for things you're storing for them. So you're not. You're, yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, it's, it's as close to giving as you could possibly get. I try. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again, Stacey. I really appreciate being on today. We got to talk about really cool. And like I said, we we rarely get to really concentrate on the numbers and the analytical factors that go behind them. Like some people like to talk about numbers, but they never actually talk about the analytics that make them run. And that's what we talked about today and talking about Yimmy so they can actually input these numbers in if they need a little help. And they only have to pay for the thing if you were storing their data. So that, I really appreciate you explaining that out to everybody. Yeah. I mean, math can be fun. Like it's, <laughs> I know people are like scared and like, ah, math. And we go back to, you know, algebra and geometry and Pythagoras, none of that. No, we just put in the numbers, you click a button and it comes back and tells you how, how to make the money you want to make. Love it. What's more fun than that? Yeah. Math is fun when it either has a dollar sign in the beginning or an OV in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Those are our big numbers. So, hey, Stacey, thanks again for being on today. I really appreciate it. It was great having you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Stacey. Have a great day. You too. Bye.